0: Do you like wrestling trivia? Then check out the five-star match game, the Pro Wrestling Quiz Show. I'm Joe Gagney, and every episode, I grill three contestants with five rounds of power-packed wrestling trivia. We have over 30 evergreen episodes in the archives covering WWE, AEW, Japan, Mexico, and much, 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 much more. Play along at home and check it out today. Lamin.
2: Welcome back to Open the VoiceGate for January 23rd, 2024. We are members of the Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network. You can find us on the Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network or on our own dedicated Open the VoiceGate feed on wherever you get your podcasts. You can follow us on Twitter at Open VoiceGate. If you'd like to donate to the show, click the link in the show notes. It'll take you to our redcircle.com landing site. You click the red box to sponsor this podcast, and you can set up a one-time or reoccurring donation, no obligation, whatsoever but we would like to thank all of our previous donors i'm one of your hosts it's your pal mike spears joining alongside as always case low and case uh just getting like right into it i feel like the last uh essentially five days in wrestling have felt like a year like and it's been a while since we've like talked
0: to about the wrestling
2: world so how are you doing man it's been a while
0: I'm I'm good. I, I You're right. We we fell into a weird scheduling thing where we want to talk about Quark and right after it happened. But then there was nothing, you know, last week and then the two shows this week. So, no, you, the wrestling world, as we know, it is entirely different than it was the last time that we spoke, which is always an interesting predicament to be in, even if it doesn't directly affect Dragon Gate. Uh, I think it's worth noting that Kazuchika Okada has left New Japan Pro Wrestling. I don't know if you've heard or not. And boy, what what an interesting scenario we're in now. Yeah,
2: so he is technically a member of the Dragon System. oh. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, he is uh, the last great student uh, of Ultimo Dragon. That that's the way that he has been called. But Kazuyuki Okada has announced that uh, a- after January thirty first, which is the thing that drove me nuts about everything over like the last few months about this case was you and i when we hear january 31st as it relates to the contract calendar we already know what day that is it, but the fact that fightful and whatever just make made a big deal out of it just drove me nuts but on the <laughs> no, 30th, no comments <laughs> on the 31st of january kazuchika okada's contract with new japan pro reps wrestling will lapse he has already announced his intention not to renew it seems like they've completely broken off negotiations and if you've read some of okada's interviews since this announcement does not seem like that he's really uh thinking that there's going to be a a, a 13th hour deal uh it's heavily insinuated and outright reported by tokyo sports that he has one of two landing sites either wwe now flush with that reed hastings netflix money or aew case this is all wild
0: it's insane you know i i have a very bad track record of just assuming that Japanese superstars will never leave their home promotion. And this goes back now a full decade that I've been in this game. When the Kenta rumors, Kenta to WWE started, I, I told people, I was like, you guys are absolutely insane. Kenta is not leaving Noah. Like he might go to New Japan, but there's zero chance Kenta leaves Japan. And then Kenta left. And then I think the next one, was Nakamura. 2016. Yeah, yeah it's was like, oh, Nakamura's not going anywhere. He's the third biggest star in New Japan. Everybody relax. And then Nakamura left. And then I was in denial about Tozawa until he left. And, it, you know, the Okada thing was very much the same thing where I thought, there's no way this guy's leaving. He got an agent to milk New Japan for as much money as he possibly can. Good for him. He's one of the 15 greatest wrestlers ever. He deserves every penny he can get. And, uh, you know, we'll see him in the main event of Wrestle Kingdom next year. And I I was, once again, I, I'm right about a lot of things. I am wrong on this 100% of the time.
2: Yeah, kind of the wild thing, I feel like, as it pertains to us, uh, it was very clear within the uh, Japanese wrestling uh, ecosystem and industry from everyone we talked to. And just, if you're someone who has, like, a cursory interest on, like, international just affairs... The status of Japan's uh, monetary policy is something that's very big. Japan, for those who are like the old hashtag, the when it, the end is weak. Case talking with people in J- in Japan and around, what's the number one thing that everyone brings up when you talk about the wrestling industry in Japan?
0: No wrestling company has any money, even the corporately backed ones, because because well because of COVID because they you know they had three years of. No or limited live attendance gates, and they don't have built in streaming and TV revenue the way that North American wrestling promotions do.
2: And when you add all of that up with the fact that I haven't checked today what the uh, yen to US dollar exchange rate is, but it is something where, uh, okay, so at this time it is, geez, uh, it, about 145. So it's a little better, but by and large, but as of right now, when all these things kind of add up together, it presents itself to someone that I think that we all kind of get up in our feelings a little bit about Okada. But why should Okada like at this point have that allegiance to New Japan? New Japan is not his home promotion. Like he does not like technically have like a promotion he was born and bred from. So it's di- like,
0: it's different than Tanahashi. In you know? right? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I I don't know. I I mean, I can talk about this on the most micro of micro scales, and that I just ordered a, a huge order of Japanese wrestling magazines, which I haven't done in a few years because the yen is so low right now that I was like, well, I this is this is going to be, you know, what thirty or forty dollars cheaper? Maybe not that extreme, but it's going to be way cheaper than it would have been two or three years ago had I made the same order. And Mike, I, I missed your stream on Friday. I don't know if you read the note that I sent you from somebody yes. that... Okay,
2: I, but, but I feel like we should talk about it here, too, because it's worth getting into, and I want your
0: insight about it. Yeah, yeah, please just refresh for anybody that may have missed that.
2: So I, if you are a subscriber of Spears Ovations, you've heard me go about 45 minutes about this. But it, it, it is something where, speaking with people within wrestling, especially within Japan, there is a couple there's three or four big points that I feel like we should make. First and foremost, what we need to say is what the English speaking and greatly North American response and attitude towards WWE amongst wrestling fans is not the way that it's viewed outside more by and large. Like we have to say that first and foremost, just get that out there. But looking at this, if, if, the, the, the big thing that where it boils down to and speaking with this person is that it, it, if you make your living in yen, but everything kind of comes down to dollars right now, you take what like a nice flat number that Okada is making and you make it the exact same. But like, let's just say it's the equivalent of a million dollars or whatever. And however you look at it. When you get paid in dollars case and you convert it back to yen you automatically get like a huge pay increase. And that is something that New Japan and any company in Japan can't compete with right now. And it's that case, not just in the United States, it's working in Europe, it's working in Mexico as well.
0: Yeah, no, it's it, it's really bad news for anybody that is making a living uh, purely off the yen, but also might have to factor in uh, dollars and cents USD into it. It's just a very bad deal right now. And, you know, I, you know in the Dragon Gate sense, I mean, there's a reason when kia mia and alejandro were announced for final gate that i immediately went to somebody within dragon gate and was trying to figure out what the deal was there because all of the the dragon gate noah stuff in 2022 that raised so many eyebrows for so many different reasons you know like, like we reported on the show noah was paying for talent both ways there and for dragon gate they looked at it as a way to try to get some cash flow now the the difference is this time around it is uh thought of as a make good for Yoshioka doing the N1 that Alejandro and Kiyomi are there. But you know, it doesn't matter if it's new Japan with the Bushi road backing or the cyber agent groups or Dragon Gate, who's purely an independent. And it's why you see the let corporation involved in Dragon Gate as much as they are. There's just no money there. You know, I, I, the forget the years and years now of COVID attendance. We're, we're now living in a reality where 1500 fans is the sellout for Cork and Hall and That is a state of the industry, but also, you know, it wasn't that long it, ago where if a company did 1500 in cork and you go, you know, yeah. 18, 1800 a sell what are you guys doing?
2: Right. It, it, it's been decreased by 16%, like just off the top. And I, it, it is something where I think when you like, look at how compensation works also and hierarchical systems, okada is someone they already broke the mold with a long time ago like it is something where you you can only bend it so much before it just becomes like an absolute vanity farce for it and for basically bushi road from what from what it seems like especially from outside of bushi road what it would have taken to i guess be commiserate with the uh, american companies would have just completely almost broken the division yeah yeah i think that's well said But and something also worth stating, I mean, talking with the people uh, around the industry, he's only 36. He started wrestling at the precarious age of 15, but he's 36 with 20 years in the business. Him and his wife just have a newborn baby and something that's a big factor with these kind of things. And I know that it's happened within people and uh, around the dragon system is just dealing with like having a family internationally and it could very well be something where the way I look at it, case, this is Okada's big opportunity to make generational wealth, like true generational wealth, just from like converting it back and forth. This is like the prime earning years, and especially like with how everything is within WWE and within AEW, they're the ones that can offer it. And at a certain point with this newborn child, you don't necessarily have to make the decisions of, oh, if I'm working in the United States, are we going to raise the family in the United States or are we going to raise in Japan? We're going to do, you know, I live in America. My family lives in Japan. Like, there's a lot of considerations to be made that, like, it's a unique window. I feel like that. I think it's kind of unique to Okada by himself in a lot of ways.
0: Yeah, I mean, when Tozawa signed and his family was over in Japan, he went back and forth all the time. And, you know, God willing okada signs with aew and all of this i mean yeah i i would be i would be so devastated if it went the opposite way and i i, I think I fall I'm,
2: kind of, with... I'm kind of i'm kind of it to go the other the, the bad I, way
0: got it just and look i i yeah. think i i share the thought process of a lot of people which is i'm not dying to see him full-time in aew you know i i really wish he would have stayed put i i liked him Right. I, I, I thought the last year of Okada's career was super interesting because as Jesse Collins and I talked about on Gentleman's Wrestling Podcast, Okada's first half of 2023 was so loaded with big shows and big matches and great matches that his second half, and I'll put this in air quotes, fall off made people kind of forget how dominant he was in the first half of the year. But the second half of the year when he was doing the trio stuff, I was like, Oh, this is great. This is different. Okada. You know, we haven't seen this. We haven't seen him and Tanahashi and Ishii have trios matches before. I really like this sort of stuff, but, uh, you know, especially with the, with the AEW schedule, you know, just God willing, he goes there. It's not, it's not impossible to, uh, raise a family in two different continents with with you know in this time and place it's just not so uh it's it's a shocking move it's one i didn't see coming and uh i would like to briefly gloss over the young dragons cup 2005 which okada won unless you have any other thoughts
2: uh yeah i i guess like that my big overall take about this is there is certain things about this that it's very clear like Bushi Road is a very big company, but you can't really like you're swimming upstream at a certain point. But I still that there is a giant question about like this was he's coming off at an end of a long term contract deal at the top of every booking meeting I would have had for the last year. This is the exact day that Katsuchiko Okada's contract expires. Are we going to resign? Why are we going to do that? And maybe that if we want to talk about that fallout that he supposedly had maybe that's where I feel a little bit of angst, but it's not even really that he quote unquote fell off. I feel like.
0: Yeah, no, not, not at all. I mean, he was, he was one of the best wrestlers in the world last year. You know, he mm-hmm. doesn't, he doesn't miss. And the Danielson match at the dome, which I think I liked more than, than most people. I mean, I was very close to giving it five stars. I just, you know, the whole thing was, was absolutely brilliant. So I, I'm going to really miss him in new Japan. And I, I think, I think it was Joe Gagney that made this point. I'm going to credit it to him because he's a smart guy I like him uh but the Okada thing is really gonna sink in with the G1 announcements because for you know in the modern era of the G1 a decade now, you can look at that schedule and go, oh here's what Okada's doing in Cork and oh here's what they've got him doing in Osaka oh here's what he's doing on August 8th you know that big show and to not have that in the G1 specifically, I think is gonna hurt a little bit i'm gonna I'm gonna really miss that
2: yeah and and that's like the little part of it that I'm like couldn't have done a joint thing where no one is really dying to I, and no one thinks the best use of caught is having him on dynamite collision and rampage at each and every week. You couldn't have done something where two weekends of the of the month you're doing AEW and the rest of it you're on tour with New Japan, you know. Like like that's the thing that I kind of come down to because that would have solved the G1 problem.
0: Yeah, and well you know it seems like it seems like osprey there's like g1 potential for him on the table the the way the okada thing's going i think it's going to be a hard split yeah uh, for the time being
2: Mm -hmm. no absolutely so young dragon's cup 2005 i mean all of the greats were here were here in this one all the stars december 10th 2005
0: case Yeah, well, a a night that will live in infamy, if you will. And, (laughs) you know, for for those that don't know, so this is the Torium on Mexico. This is their El Numero Uno. This is their King of Gate. This was what they always did to decide, basically, who the best wrestler in the class was. So, you know, Magnum won in 97, Horiguchi won in 98, Kondo won in 99, and Milano Collection AT won in in 2000. Taiji Ishimori, that footage is on the network. Taiji Ishimori won in 2002. 2003 was Takeshi uh, Minamino, Rocky Romero in 2004, and then Kazuchika Okada in 2005. This lineup features names not only like Okada, but like Hajime Ohara, Boo, and Passion Hasegawa, great name, and Banana Yay. Banana Singa, great name. The, the thing that I am taken aback by, and I have not seen any of this, I don't think, because Okada debuted against Negro Navarro, that's out there. But I feel like of this era of his career, the most famous thing that's out there is like Ultimo and Okada versus uh, T.J. Perkins and Jushin and Liger, or I think they did something with the Motor City Machine Guns, maybe. Yeah, um, it,
2: the, Most of the footage from uh, Torimon or UDO6, which was what this era of Torimon was called out there of okada was when him and ultimo toured uh the northeast in canada. canada yeah, yeah in yeah. 2007
0: because this is what i'm trying to think is like so we have Toriamon x footage when they were in Toriamon mexico because it aired on Toriamon tv but by this point there wasn't there wasn't japanese tv for this to be put on so if anybody has this footage i would like to see it not for the finals of okada versus ohara but i'm sure there's a clipped version somewhere out there Semifinal match. This is the one other name that I didn't mention that's worth mentioning. Semifinals: Kazuchika Okada versus Fujita Hayato.
2: Yeah, that's right. He pretty much went straight to Mexico after his debut.
0: God, what a match! That's crazy. That is, I would really like to see that. Yeah,
2: it, it, it's something where I know that he was. I don't think it was like a full on like samurai block Ultimo. I thought had like a TV deal for a little bit, like, cause there was some releases of a UDO six stuff. I felt like at one time, like, okay, it's not so comp-
0: maybe, maybe, well, yeah, I mean, that would make sense because I think the, I think the Negro Navarro matches on samurai TV. I think it's a, right. so you know, I, I think it has Japanese commentary. So I, if this is, if this is out there, if anybody has this, please shoot me a DM. I'd really, I'd really like to see that. Um, Main event, Dr. Wagner Jr., Mystico, and Ultimo Dragon defeat Atlantis, Kenzo Suzuki, and Scorpio Jr. via DQ.
2: Was this a Dragon Mania show that this Young Dragons Cup was on?
0: It's just considered a Young Dragons Cup show. They would always give that top billing, but it's just a Toriumon Mexico show. I
2: My brother got me a Toriumon Mexico plus split Dragon Mania t-shirt that nice. I think might be this year because... On the front of the shirt does have uh uh does have Ultimo Guerrero and Mystico on it in a cartoon form.
0: I am right now trying to re not not rewatch but watch for the first time a lot of mid two thousands CMLL because I'm trying I'm trying to understand Mystico more just throughout his entire career so. I've been watching a lot of that stuff. I've been watching his matches with Black Warrior, which have been really, really entertaining. And then I was reading Old Observers last night, and I was reading about when he signed in 2011 with WWE, and I ran across this, which this is Dragate related That's why I bring it up, and I found the quote here. This is from one of the Observers in 2011. I don't have the date on it, but Kurt Bauer was explaining to Meltzer his idea for what turned into the minis division in 2005 and 2006 and bauer said and this is a as a quote of the observer the key names on the original list included milano collection at milanito collection at mystico who would have been a tiger mask like character to uh, to build the division around brazo de plata for comedy and he was the only one that they hired Taiji Ishimori, Dragon Kid, Sanjay Dutt, Jody fleisch Jack Evans, Teddy Hart, and some of Hart's students. That is what Court Bauer wanted to bring to WWE TV in 2006.
2: Yeah, Court. Uh, he he's had a lot of ideas over the years, you know, and he keeps on. He finally got uh a Dragon System guys eventually.
0: Yeah, that was that. That's the most interesting thing when you look at how many times Court tried to book Torrey Mon or Dragon Gate guys <laughs> before he finally did. Because in two thousand three, they were supposed to work with Torrey Mon, and then they ran out of money and closed down. And then Court tried to get them in uh, to the to New York in two thousand six, and it didn't work out. And then in twenty twenty, they announced their MLW partnership with Dragon Gate. And then COVID happens. And then the legacy of the MLW Dragon Gate relationship is SP Kento versus Davey Richards and Shun Skywalker becoming their middleweight champion.
2: Yep. Uh, just as planned.
0: Yeah, I you know. Know. Well, It holds up great historically.
2: I mean, it, it, it is something where uh, I, I, I am really excited about Mochizuki Jr. going to Europe because I want to see like what random title he might end up with. You know. I,
0: I hope a lot of that stuff makes tape. I, I will say I'm going to watch WXW for the first time in five years, I would think. I, I, I don't know the last 16 carat that I watched, but I know that was the last time I watched WXW uh, when he's there. I'm, I'm obviously so ex- incredibly excited for everything he has going on.
2: Yeah, and I unless you have anything else, but should we get into uh, this weekend's shows?
0: Yeah, so we're gonna we're gonna talk a little Kobe Sambo Hall here, the doubleheader they did over the weekend. We'll do our big Gate of Bayside preview because that show is Saturday, and then uh, just a a quick uh, note for the listeners: we'll be back next Tuesday with a Gate of Bayside review, and then we will also have audio. Uh, a bonus episode next week as well a new start to the rewind and rewatch series that we'll be doing as a part of drangit 25 this year
2: yeah uh it is wild how everything's kind of happening it's all <laughs> happening it, it, it is as sheena Shea said it's all happening case well it all happened in kobe sambo hall this last weekend returning to the friendly confines for a two-day double header i think the way we're going to cover this is we're going to talk about what worked and what didn't work. It's been a kind of interesting uh, few weeks, I feel like, in the company. It feels like that we had the first half of Open the New Year Gate ending with that Corkwin doubleheader. And then it kind of went dark again. And now we're starting right back again with another edition of Open the New Year Gate. Because it, it did that kind of have the overall feeling of it's like, oh, we're restarting 2024 again to you? Because it did with me.
0: Well, I mean, the first show, it looked like everybody was wrestling at gunpoint. Like nobody wanted to be there. Nobody was excited. So it was a hard reset in a, in a bad direction. And then the second show, you're right. It, it felt entirely disconnected from the Korkin shows, but that wasn't necessarily a bad thing. Right.
2: So let's get into uh, what really worked coming out of Kobe Sambo Hall. And I think, first and foremost, the, the person that I would say across both nights, like if we were averaging the, averaging the performances, he put it in the shift on the first night. He put it in on the second night. Ryo Tanaka case. I have been really excited about this guy. And he has a match against uh, Monte and Daiki Anagiuchi to open up Kobe Sambo Hall. He is also on the, the second night's shows. I was really, I, each time I see uh, Ryo Tanaka, and I feel like I do this each time, he puts his best foot forward. It's the only thing this guy's capable of. On the second night, a strong match against the Kung Fu Masters with Daya.
0: He's just a winner. You know, I, I'm just starting to feel that way about him where I really trust that, barring of catastrophic injury, which is always possible, saw it with Tian Revolution, uh, Mochizuki Jr., a little bit injury prone. I, you know, I'm, I'm very worried about Kaito Nagano and his neck after some things that I heard this morning. Uh, you know, it, it, it's very hard to push all your chips into the center of the table with a Dragon Gate rookie right now just because of the injury bug that's gone around, but Tanaka is just one of those guys that that makes sense, you know? He fits this promotion, he looks this promotion, he wrestles like he should be a champion in this promotion, and, you know, I I, I thought he was great. He was the highlight of both shows, the decourage die and Tanaka versus Daiki and Monte match that opened up the January 20th Sambo Hall show. I, I mean... And to me, it was the opener and the closer that were were even worth discussing, really, for the most part, and his chemistry with Monte really jumped out at me as something that's quite special, and then to me, the match of the weekend was Kame and Jason on the second night versus Diane Tanaka again.
2: Yeah, I was really impressed with how this uh, Kobe Sambo Hall uh, opener went with, like, I mean, you had Daiki and Tanaka face-off opening up there, and it... it we, we throw all the roses on Tanaka. Daiki had a really good performance here. Uh, and especially as it pertained to, we got like veteran Dragon Daya, like, like grabbing a hold. And like, it, it was something that was just a little bit of enough of an inversion of what we usually see out of them that I really enjoyed. And, you know, finished with a pretty stiff uh, uh, brain buster, but it, it is something where Tanaka really has every opportunity he has given he has really taken it, and I, I do think I liked uh, Big Hug versus doing Kage on Night 2 a little bit more than Kung Fu Masters and Dai and Tanaka, but it is something where Dai and Tanaka were, just because of the performances we were getting out at Tanaka, were easily across both nights the best guys on each show.
0: I'm glad you said that about Daiki because i I think it's very true you know he he worked at an exhibition at the January Corgan Hall Show last year and then debuted officially in March, so we've had him around for about a year now, and he his his entrance into the company was just very different than Tanaka's. We all had Tanaka circled and earmarked and were watching with bated breath every time he stepped in the ring just to see what he was going to do. I think everybody realized just from presentation alone, you know, is going to be a bit of a long-term project, but he's turned a corner to some degree and I'm, I'm ready to see what's next. You know, it doesn't mean that he has to abandon his background of being a Cork and Hall employee, but I'm ready for the next step. And I kind of want to throw it to you real quick. You know, the unit landscape is, is far from perfect right now. Talk a lot about that when we get to gate of Bayside, but if you had to put him in a unit tomorrow, where would you slide him into you see like it, it's a, I've really grown
2: over this month to have an affinity for dyke. I love the gooch is, I, i'm I'm very is,
0: into him as well i'm glad i'm I'm glad we're on the same page there.
2: He might be uh my guy out of like the the everything around him and out of this class, but I feel like weirdly enough, just because they're just like the kind of energy that works for it, but I don't know if it would work full time. I kind of want to see him in gold class. Cause I feel like him and Ben like did th- There's a certain kind of like jocular uh, energy around gold class where they come out and you're just like, Oh, look at these dipshits that I feel like Daiki <laughs> would really work in on. And they desperately need members.
0: Yeah. Yeah, they do. I, I, I I'm going to talk a lot about big hug later I, I don't want him as the third guy in Big Hug. I want him as the fourth or the fifth, qui- f- fifth guy, quite honestly. But if they're going to add to that unit, I think he has to be involved. And I really think there's potential for some Monte-Hyo-Daiki trios matches that could be really special.
2: Yeah, it's something where it's, it takes a second to wrap your head around daiki yanaki But it is not very hard to see why how he works in this company and what his role
0: is and oh yeah no it's you know in the same way that tanaka we can project to main events you can see 10 years into the future and see you know a hotly contested daiki bravegate match very easily yeah he's he fits into the spirit of this promotion in a a really beautiful way
2: no absolutely so so it, it is something where you walk away from this weekend your unmitigated high point has to be Ryoya Tanaka uh Daiki Anaguchi gets the honorable mention here. We talked uh, a little bit about uh their opponents on the 21st, but on night 1 let's talk about something that did not work and where we say that the first night was real tough and uh Kung Fu Masters lose to Ishin and Kai- and Yoshiki Kato on night 1 case. Not really something that I would do in the lead up to them i mean they're facing kaito kiyomiya this weekend i would not really have my twin gate challengers drop falls against rookies but that's where we were here easy thumbs down moment of the weekend
0: yeah no this was when i knew we were in trouble is that on that second show we have this just lame duck ishin and kato versus kame and lee match 10 minutes four guys that I really, really enjoy watching, and the match just felt very uninspired. I think they all uh, just had an off night. And then the finish, I thought, was just completely ridiculous. I have no idea on earth. I understand they're Triangle Gate champions, but what is a Torbolino from Kamei to Ishin? What does is that hurt Zebrats? I, I just do not understand why Kamei Lee, who should be rolling into this Twin Gate match, why they took a loss there. Because I don't think, and not to get ahead of myself, but... I don't think they're beating Kiyomi and Alejandro. And even if they do, again, you have Triangle Gate champions there uh, in Ishin and Kato. So the the whole thing was uh, just as that show unfolded and got worse and worse and worse, I was very upset about that finish.
2: Yeah. And it's part of the situation of at least the uh, card makeup where you don't, they did not have either Shun Skywalker or Madoka Kakuda this week. They were at British Kingdom Pro Wrestling, though you really, you end up having to book things in ways where I just, I would have rather put all four of these guys in the Royal Sambo and just have them have a strong performance in the Royal Sambo and walk away than have your Twin Gate Challengers take an unleaded loss this
0: far out. Well, it's tough because, you know, if the match kicks ass, then I'm not going to say what I'm about to say, but the match was unnecessary. Yeah, you know, right. there's there's a million different Kobe shows you can do this exact match on, I don't know why it needed to be here. And I don't know why the finish needed to be what it was.
2: Absolutely. Well, let's talk about something that absolutely did work getting away from the bad taste from Saturday on Sunday, returning from intermission. We knew that he was around cause he was doing wrestling commentator commentating on the show, but we had a impromptu exhibition match Sachi Hoko boy versus the returning Mochizuki jr. And as I have said for an the last year mochizuki jr returns and he does not take a step wrong
0: no as i've said before i think for the people that that cover japanese wrestling i think the biggest miss right now is not talking consistently about how good he is as somebody 18 months into his career and you know as we talked about i uh, you know last episode there were four or five months there that he's been out due to injury. So you're talking about just over 12 months of actual wrestling. And he has it figured out on a level that should terrify people. He is on a path to being one of the best wrestlers in the world. I had him, I think, in the SFM 50 as my 30th best wrestler in the world. That was primarily based on his Ray Day Parejas work that he did with his father uh, a year ago uh, coming up in February. It doesn't look like we're getting Ray Day Parajas again this year, which is such a bummer. But now Junior comes back. And it's immediate energy, it's immediate charisma, it's immediate purpose. And, you know, if you looked at the Voices of Wrestling Discord over the weekend of the Gate channel, I was complaining about the show on Saturday and how lifeless it was. And, you know, there was, a, there was an ongoing discussion there. It took a few different avenues of, you know, just why are they having these shows where it doesn't feel like anybody – is excited to be there. Anybody's wrestling with a purpose. Junior comes out five on an exhibition match. This man is wrestling with a purpose. It's just so great to say.
2: And it's something where he's had, and it's not that I think he's been uh, snake bitten in a way, because he's been able to persevere through it. Like he has taken a a bunch of things for his, he's coming up on uh, two years uh, in wrestling, but he doesn't lose the swagger. He comes out. He, you see him kind of moving around, like, and he immediately hits his like his finger gun pose. I'm like, oh, Junior's back! And then he proceeds to beat the living shit out of oka boy for five minutes. It, I was surprised how much this exhibition did not need Junior to rock Sachi that way whatsoever, but he did. He did, and then he proceeded to to get his nose busted open in the post match stuff in the next match too. So, so the kids still got it.
0: Yeah, the match that followed. I, I'm glad you mentioned that. So that was M3K, Mochi, uh, Susumu of the Old Man Crew, against Fuji Dragon Kid and Yamato. And the highlight of the match is Yamato and Junior running a full sprint chase spot outside the ring. I mean, both men booking it at one point. And it's just it was great to see. You know, M3K, and, M3K, and and Yamato, really going like to suck. And
2: yeah, Yamato like flipped and <laughs> fell and everyone went like, oh, Shit. is he okay?
0: <laughs> that would be just Drangate's luck as they're doing a comedy chase spot and Yamato breaks his ankle and is out the entire year. That would That would fit the theme of this promotion right now. Yeah, 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 no, absolutely. But I, I didn't mean to completely side rail you there. No, no, I, it's, I, 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 it's just great to have junior back. You know, m three K going away. I think it's really going to suck. We'll get the magic gate of Bayside on Saturday and then we'll get their farewell in cork and hall. But I, I was so surprised when we did the award show a few weeks ago that you also thought they were the best unit of 2023, but and it came to light even in in the aforementioned trios match there with Yamato and, and Fuji and dragon kid, where, You know, if you remember when this unit first formed in the summer of 2022, when Junior wasn't around, it was a real bummer because Susumu was coming off of the Dreamgate match versus Kai where he left Natural Vibes. And Susumu, the last half of 2022 was maybe as de-emphasized as he's ever been in the booking. In Kanda in 2022 was Yasushi Kanda. You know, wasn't, wasn't the most exciting thing to see. And then you would just have Mochizuki there not really... Not really doing anything important. So when they didn't have Junior, it was three old guys playing dress up and trying to relive their glory years, and it just didn't feel right. Mainly because of the I won't even say resurgence, but just the surge of Yasushi Kanda in 2023, this unit figured it out, and they were really able to be interesting. Whether Junior was healthy or whether he was injured, the old man trio really started working and really started cooking and. You know, we talked about it at the time. I, I don't want to repeat myself a ton, but I, I, I understand why the unit's going away now. I'm happy that Junior's taking excursions so that he can come back and, and hopefully be a bigger deal. But when it's all said and done, I think they could have gotten even more out of M3K.
2: Yeah, and it's something where I wonder, because he's not going to, at least from what we know right now, have a super long excursion. We have an end date. It's a three-month trip where do i think that uh, like it's the right like the quote-unquote right thing to do to end up m 3k and then he gets the fresh coat of paint but the thing that really did it for me in 2023 was just the amount of physical charisma this kid has just confounds me case i just keep on going back to dangerous gate him him coming out in his own gear and his own look and hitting the 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 finger gun pose i'm like oh This kid has it at a level that he should not have it at already. And it does make you wonder, like, do you really need to do away with M3K at this time when it is kind of the right thing to do? Because what do you do next for the other three guys?
0: No, we're, we're in a real predicament here, but you're right. I mean, he's so advanced for where he's at in his career. Cage match shows him at having 170 total matches, which for him to be under 200 and to be this good is just quite remarkable. Yeah, yeah, the, the
2: Dragon Gate logic where we see someone who's approaching two years on the roster. We only see 170 matches case. And we go, seems a little light there. Seems <laughs> <Yeah>. like <laughs> this is a little bit on the low end with that, that there, Ryoto. What's going on
0: there? Well, his dad his dad probably worked 120 last year. You know, yeah, it's, yeah.
2: Yeah, it's just it's insane. It, it, it was something where actually just quick sidebar uh, going through whenever brandon thurston wrestlenomics releases like the wrestling the most active wrestling wrestler like of the year and special shout out, martin kirby having a, a strong 2023 but it was always something i'm so used to seeing misaki mochizuki up there this time but last year the most active dragon gate guy was madoka kakuda which was kind of a, a little bit of a surprise
0: Yeah, that's that's right, because I mean, he was he was everywhere last year. Yep. Well, speaking
2: about old man Mochizuki, as a part of his 30th anniversary celebration, we had the reuniting of Mochizuki Dojo, two of his more quarrelsome, I think we could say, uh, students. He really, other than Yoshioka, he did not have a whole bunch of nice guys that ended up being or everyone uh, ended up being a little bit of a bad guy but we have Masaki Mochizuki teaming with Hio and Kota Minora versus Natural Vibes, KZ, Big Boss Shimizu, and UT. Hio, the Brave Gate champion, wins yet again with the Samson Driver on UT. In a match that was nice to have, K.S., but I think we could both pretty much say, leave the memories alone, Mochizuki Dojo?
0: Yeah, it was it was a disappointment. I, I don't know why they did it. I, I'm still trying to figure that out, but the the match wasn't, wasn't anything special so it's one of those things that looks nice on paper but i was i was let down by this it was uh i I thought if anything would deliver on the saturday show would be this but that didn't even turn out to be true and it is
2: something where i feel like we you have the easy pop there mochi comes out wearing kyo's suspenders and has a golden rose in his mouth and that was really all it needed to be you know like he, he could have turned back right around and we moved on because the match just was not really there and just kind of out of context of everything. And you, you know, it, it is something that's nice to see Mochizuki dojo where it is and like revisiting it because it is, as we get away from it, ending up being far more important than a lot of other units that have come by. But this was not the time or the place. for it.
0: Yeah. I mean, that's a great point. You know, it's Mochizuki, Yoshioka, Minora, Skywalker, Hyo, and Akuda, And so, when you hit on everybody there but Akuda, that is a pretty amazing track record for a a unit full of youngsters. they really they really nailed that and I've always tried to figure out and I've never been able to, to get it exactly you know obviously just working next to Masaki Mochizuki for an extended period of time, you'll become a better wrestler as a result. I would really love to know just how hands-on mochizuki was in terms of their development, but again, Yoshioka, Minora, Skywalker, Hyo. That is a really impressive lineup.
2: And you compare it to the other new generation unit we had over generation of it's kind of same vintage and it's the one that worked out, weirdly. Uh,
0: Yeah, no, I I, yeah, I don't know. You know, yeah. T- Takahiro Yamamura, active wrestler.
2: <laughs> yeah, I mean, that is something that is happening. Well, we talked about him in process of this match. We do need to talk about him as he's walking into uh uh, yokohama the hottest man in the promotion by far big hug and the open the brave gate champion yo the the shine's not coming the bloom's not coming off the rose here the shine is still on the panther as we're going into yokohama easily like the most popular guy in the in the company and it's now sustained
0: at this so, I'm going to table most of my Hyo thoughts for the Bravegate preview because there's a larger point that I want to make with him and with that title. But I ask you the same question that I've asked before Are you concerned that Hyo is outshining Luis Monte?
2: I think it's something where he's going to. Like, and it's just like, I think that Luis Monte, as a part of the tag team and a part of the group will be fine i don't think that his dreamgate title or like his position on the card is hurt by heo it is just something that is just the matter of how the hand is dealt heo is by and large like the group leader and i think that's the only kind of play forward if we're keeping big hug the way it is i mean i don't know how you get out of this situation or play the cards any better than they did with heo joining his best friend
0: it really, he feels really hot right now. And I'll mention him again. You know, Jesse Collins just had Alan Forel, friend of the show, on the Gentlemen's Wrestling Podcast. And they did three hours on the state of Japanese wrestling, primarily talking about a potential Yoda Suji versus Kazuchika Okada Tokyo Domain event in 2025, which became very, very funny two days later after that podcast was released. And Okada uh, announced he was leaving New Japan. But they talk a little bit about Dragon Gate and, and specifically Yo and just the momentum that he has and then I don't remember if it was Alan on the show or if it was Andrew, Anger216, and the Discord who was comparing Hyo to Yoshino. I don't remember who said that, but it was it was an interesting thought experiment that Hyo was starting to sort of develop into this, you know, fastest can be super athletic. I won't say sneaky athletic Jesse Collins. I, I apologize that I said sneaky athletic with Hyo, but super athletic, super fast, charismatic machine type of guy that fits into an archetype that has been absent for quite some time in this promotion
2: yeah and it's something that i think that they're the overall existential question of how is this the dragon gate we used to love is this the x y and z i think that that that's an that's an argument had by other people i think people that don't
0: watch the promotion
2: I, 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 was trying to be a, I was trying to be nice. I was no, trying to be I, nice. I, I,
0: I, I'm, I'm annoyed by it for yeah, unrelated but, reasons.
2: But it is something where you can easily point to and you go like, oh, you remember how Yoshino is like? Hyo's in that role right now. And it is something that there is a familiar beat to it. And is it something where I think Hyo's going to have the career that Masato Yoshino had, like ending up being kind of the most popular man in the company for the greater part of half of the decade? I don't know. I don't think so, but it is something that with Luis Monte and with how they've kind of booked him, you kind of just want to just ride Hio's friendship and big hug as long as you can. If you're if you're thinking about like uh overness like he is over in his own right, but you're you're standing like in the shadow of someone who is just right now operating on a different plane and I think that you you, you go with the hot hand. And I don't think you I, I don't think you worry at this point about
0: it. Is the fair comp not Monster Express era Masao Yoshino, but all caps Italian collection Yoshino?
2: You know, it's it's a different kind of charisma. Like, I think that I would probably say uh, it reminds me a little bit, mo- bit more, honestly, of the Monster Express Yoshino. Really? Or, okay. Yeah, just because, like, Yoshino to me very much was, like, the cool, calm and collected kind of thing and does Hio have that? Yes, but I I always equate Yoshino up to a certain point as like kind of a taciturn kind of figure. Like when you think about Italian connection, when you think about Yoshino, you're not thinking about him like like joking around, you're thinking about a very severe, sexy Tarzan. And I just don't see the connection. Oh, I don't see as much of a connection.
0: I, I I think the dynamics with Big Hug are actually similar to Italian Connection where you had Milano as this undoubted number one. But, you know, one of the things that I really hammered home when I wrote about Yoshino before his retirement a few years ago was it's easy to lose sight of just how protected Yoshino was as a member of the Italian Connection. He was, you know, Milano was such a star that he was the clear number one. But as time went on, Yoshino was less of a number two and more of a 1B. You know, he never lost. He had that welterweight title for over a year and never lost it. You know, just lost it in the the split between Toriumon and Dragon Gate. And really, I I think that's what we're starting to see. The problem is that Monte, who was carrying himself like such a superstar and had all of this charisma, not only with the mask, but even when he returned and was maskless he won a title that he didn't need to win and it, it has sort of sucked some of the charisma out of him. So we have to deal with that. And so it's not quite Milano Yoshino as much as I'd like for it to be.
2: No, the, it, yeah. And, and I do think the Italian Connection 1-1-B thing is very true in that regard. Like, I do think that it is something where, hey, hey Yoshino, the, the audience is just attached to him a lot it felt like at least in the moment they got him immediately where it did kind of feel a little bit that uh milano although very much the ace number one always position is that the uh the audience th- there was a little bit of aloofness there like there was not the immediate like attachment like he was a little bit distant i would say
0: No, yeah, i mean go back and watch 2003 toryamon you know milano milano's main event he's wrestling the top guys for the title but the the theme of that promotion for a lot of the year is hey, look at Yoshino move up the ranks. You know, look at him mm-hmm. win the welterweight title. Look at him and Kness. Look at him and Dragon Kid. And I, I think that is very similar to what we're seeing with Hyo now, where the spotlight's going to be on Monte. He's going to wrestle your big heavyweights. But And again, I'll talk about it more in just a minute when we get to Bayside. But there's there's potential to do something really special with this Bravegate run, and I hope they capitalize on it.
2: No, I am totally with you on that. Uh, and I guess the last major... uh uh, kobe samo hall thing both good and bad case we need to have a serious talk about what zebrats is now because we have stuff where Zebrats just all over the show like just interfering like crazy but at the same time we have something like the main event of night two uh the eight man tag team match road to yokohama final triangle skirmish with natural vibes, KZ, Big Boss, Shimizu, Strong Machine, J, the Open the Triangle Gate Challengers, uh, teaming with UT, going up against the Open the Triangle Gate champions, Kai Ishin, Yoshiki Kato, and, Yo- and UT's opponent at Gate of Bayside, uh, the uh, Ricky Dozen of Malta, Johnny Valletta. I think they might have figured out how to kind of do this Valletta character, or Valletta has figured out how to make it work here.
0: You ready to walk back
2: some Valletta statements, Mike? I am I gonna walk it back all the way? No, uh am I gonna say that hey when you across two nights where you pretty much just go straight into it and you have someone who's just going to get right in the ring and do the match, it works out or in the main event where you have this few that's essentially been going on for two years, natural vibes and zebrats, you add in the Valetta element I mean these are teams that have had. all-out war matches with it they should go and like get at it before hitting the ring it worked out in that manner and at the very least i'll say in the main event having johnny Valletta play that kind of character added to it versus detracting and wasting our time like at corkwin hall
0: i i am ready to say i hope he has a second tour Because I think they are really close to figuring something out with him. Now, the problem with Valletta is that they've saddled him with UT on the Bayside show. And I don't think that's the right use of him. Now, I understand why they want to do it. Well, it's with someone
2: who's going to (laughs) die.
0: It's with somebody who's going to die. And I get it. Big man, small man. You're going to have the big man squash him. I I understand the dynamics of it. I understand why they're doing it. Again, like I said, after the Corkin show, from a, a bullet point basis on paper they've done everything right with him i wouldn't change a thing they clearly unlocked something in the main event of the second kobe show where you have a dragon gate style multi man match featuring valetta as a brick wall that is what i saw when i when i was not as hard on him as you were at corken hall i really i saw the vision of why they wanted him in this promotion obviously A favor was was part of the reason why, but I I saw the potential that he had there, and I'm so glad they had this match. I thought he was excellent. The only thing that I'm really knocking him on, because it's not the entrance, the entrance is over with me. I am into the entrance. I am into him as a multi-man match wrestler. The only thing that I don't like is he kind of has, and I said this in the Discord, like sometimes shoot fighters come into wrestling and they don't know how to throw a worked punch. So, all of their punches look really weak because they just pull back and pull back and pull back. He is doing the same thing. His offense, his strikes look really light. And it's not that I need him, you know, breaking anybody's jaw or, you know, knocking anybody's teeth loose. But if he can find a way to make his his offense look a little bit more snug, I'm game. I wanna see what he can do against D Courage, I wanna see what he can do against Ben K. I am ready to see him on a full-blown tour doing multi-man mashes the entire tour. I really hope we get that at some point.
2: I am open after the main event to seeing what he can do for the remainder of his tour. I I, I don't know if I want him back because it is just something where it is so discordant to me. And it is something where you still have the issues where it worked here, but we'll see how it does at at Bayside. I do agree that it is something that his role should be destroying people because it is what he kind of does best. It is him as the brick wall does work for him, but it is something where if you're going to have him lay it in case, do we really want him to have it lay it in against UT? Like, like UT, his shoulder is held together at this point by twine and dreams.
0: (laughs) No, I mean, I don't, I don't want him wrestling UT. I want him wrestling all the vibes. I, you know, I, I almost like, you know, this is why Zebras needs another guy. I wish it was Valletta and somebody against Daya and Tanaka. I, you know, I, I'm way more interested in him actually doing the Dragon Gate cycle and the Dragon Gate house style than I am him doing squash matches. And again, I get it. I understand why they're doing it especially if they have future plans for him. I I assumed he was going home after Bayside, but maybe I'm wrong, but they've built him up as this monster and I get it. But I'm now thinking that the other half of this, of him actually being a a Godzilla-esque Dragon Gate wrestler is very interesting.
2: And he's not the first Dragon Gate Godzilla kind of wrestler sealing your phrase and it's not that it it is not a completely when i say discord it's not completely like out of the realm of possible i mean we had Brody lee work incredibly well in that kind of role but it is something where i as we see it kind of shined up i'm i'm totally with you like seeing him in the tag teams and seeing him being able to be in like the Atomicos like this and being able to kind of add that flavor is what i want to see it is something though whenever i'm after the match of Daiki Yanagiyuchi and after just like the YouTube uploads where it's just like, oh, and he squashes someone in your, and you're kind of left there going like, well, that was a waste of time. I just really hope they air more into what you're saying for the remainder of his time.
0: Quickly, before we get into the big preview, you mentioned to me off the air that you really liked Strong Machine J versus Kai. You have the floor on that match.
2: Yeah, I think I am just a sicko for fake heavyweight Dragon Gate wrestling <laughs> lately. But, but because it, the one thing that I think we could say over the last six months where we have our tastes differ is when uh, during King of Gate and outside of that, when we got to have traditional heavyweight wrestling of Madoka Kakuda or Big Boss Shimizu, I really have gotten into it. And I liked how it was worked in this main event. It was something where both of these guys, Yokohama Natives, building up Gata Bayside, and building up the Triangle Gate match, it it was worked in a manner that I felt like that Strong Machine J looked really interesting in it. I think whenever they got out of their way with the amount of Zebrat shit in this match, you had something that was very fun. And I think the Machine Clutch is a nice little pen that he should use more often.
0: I enjoyed the match up until the Zebrats interference, and then that that just killed it. I thought it was unnecessary. I thought Kai could have won, uh, in any because Kai, Kai, Kai went over or Machine went over.
2: No, M- M- Machine. Uh,
0: Kai he got the was, roll up. That's right. That's right. Yeah, I was I was thinking that's right because after the interference, I was thinking Kai won with a uh, Ganoske clutch, but Machine won with yeah, yeah with it, with it, his it, own pin.
2: Yeah, yeah. It was he was going for the Ginoske clutch. Uh, he turned it into what looked like it was going to be a machine suplex, and instead he rolled him up.
0: Yeah, that, that that's even more to my point. You know, you this is like an old TNA thing. Don't interfere and then have the interference mean nothing and the babyface still win. That's just silly at this point. I was into it until ZBrats came in, and then it just it, it lost me. But I would say the first 11 minutes of the match I thought were very enjoyable.
2: Oh, absolutely so. So before we get into Gate of... Bay case do we want to touch on prime zone real quick yes yeah real quick so uh the return of prime zone plus happened as we were recording uh today i i did not get a chance to watch this i still have a piece i'm working on talking about dragon gate and kobe city and how it relates to the company but big return back to this show uh uh you caught this and uh, you were able to see it. It, it. it is something very important for the company to have shows like this where you get to feature uh, the Dragon Gate young wrestlers doing different things. And we got a lot of that uh, down the card. But I think we'll see a lot of that in the months to come out of Primes.
0: Yeah. So can you briefly, just because and I, I was talking uh, about this with somebody who went to the show mm-hmm about just the turnover in, in the likely turnover in Draggate audience from the last time they were in a Prime Zone show, and I yes. would ima- I would imagine that we have a ton of listeners who started watching Draggate during the pandemic or beyond, and that maybe aren't fully in tune with what Prime Zone is. Can you briefly just explain the concept of it? So Prime Zone
2: is this evolution of a basically from about two thousand and four on they. Uh, as a kobe based company they always they moved to kobe sambo hall relatively quickly in their history but they would have a smaller room show each month around kobe originally this was kobe chicken george which they filmed tv at and there's a lot of early tori mon history happening at kobe chicken george but as it turned into dragon gate they started having these shows that were called dg nex that were essentially uh, rookie shows that were run out of a building in Kobe that still exists, but at that time was called the sanctuary and was where Dragon Gate by and large was based out of. And they would have this essentially small room studio wrestling show that there would be standing room only 60 to 80 tickets there in that building or in that floor. And it would be a very much just a out of Canon, which is a very important thing to say when we talk about prime zone, Nothing that happens in Prime Zone carries over to Dragon Gate proper shows. It is implicit that you go there to have a good time. And it's also something where they, in 2018, the company changeover happens. The reason why they were in the sanctuary building was because the previous owner of Dragon Gate, uh, Takashi Okamura, owns a whole bunch of karate dojos and owns that building. Right now, that building is full of his karate dojo stuff right now. But they were forced to find a new place to do this kind of show. Uh, Lapis Hall is a small theater in Kobe. And they started running these shows here in 2019, at least for that. Prime Zone started, however, a lot earlier as something else to do along with the Dragon Gate Next show. So you would have Dragon Gate Next, which are just straight rookie matches and from people who would go, because Next very rarely makes tape, and when it makes tape, it's usually something to be celebrated. Uh, it, it, it has been described as people beating the crap out of each other, basically. Like, rookies going to war, and then you have this fun studio show that, has, that, that comes on right after it. Talking about turnover case. So, they ran Lapis Hall as a taping venue in 2020 when they were behind closed doors, but they have not gone back to it since. So we're coming up on four years with up until today without a show at Lapis Hall. And the thing about the Lapis Hall shows are they're not evening shows. They're afternoon shows. And it's usually an older fan base that might be more of a lapsed Dragon Gate fan base that's more likely to go and have their time free in the middle of the afternoon on a Tuesday, basically, to go to those shows versus the uh, crowds that you saw at uh, Kobe Sambo Hall over the weekend. Uh, was that did, that, did that clear anything up? Do you have any other things that, any questions you would ask that could kind of use to better fill in this history?
0: Uh, I'll note that. So I, I think Prime Zone was 2012 was when that kicked off because it was right. definitely, it was Tozawa era mad blankie. So, mm-hmm. you know, part of the idea initially, and you're you're talking about dying days of Gate USA here, but the initial Prime Zones had, English subtitles if you wanted them on I think it was Dragongate studio.com was where you'd watch it them
2: a, it was an online service that Dragongate had before anyone else did yeah so it was and, just Prime zone
0: and it was just prime zone and Prime Zone had English subtitles and I really really wish they would bring that back for these because a lot of a lot of prime zone is promos and angles and it, it's bizarre it's like a fever dream when you watch and you don't understand what's happening it's a fever dream maybe if you even understand it so it, you know Especially in in sort of the golden era of Prime Zone, you see a lot of Dragon Gate related screen grabs still from just the absurdity that they used to dive into some of these characters, and I think that's their intent going forward as well. Very rarely do you have great matches. You know, Super Shisa versus Ut is is the hallmark. You know, we always talk about that. There's a lot of great Shisa matches throughout the years that have happened in Prime Zone. Uh, Shisa
2: th- versus Martin Kirby. Yes, incredible. there's
0: a there's a Shisa versus Shingo uh, and I think a Shisa versus Tozawa if I remember correctly from one of the early mm-hmm. ones, but those are also very good. So the, the new prime zone, the, the setup is very similar. It, it's familiar if you've seen it before. If you haven't, I would I would say it's worth your time just to understand what it is. Uh, you know, Jay has some some translations on his personal Twitter that I would recommend reading. The only match I would say worth checking out is the main event they did. Masquerade and Dia, who was wearing a mask, Jason Lee and Coach menorah versus Natural Vibes, KZ UT, and Yamato. That was a very good match. Yeah, you know, three and a half stars, three and three quarter stars. That was very good stuff, and it was really fun to see Masquerade back out there. But otherwise, you know, it's just it's a it's a thing for hardcore Dragon Gate fans.
2: Yeah, and like when we say, it's out of canon. Bring up Masquerade is a perfect example. Uh. Of- kota minora is the new gm of prime zone plus uh, it used to be Rio Saito, and he decided that masquerade was back uh jason lee uh everyone else had all their masquerade gear uh, jason lee must have already sold his masquerade pants yeah
0: i, I did <laughs>
2: that. That, that, that's <laughs> all i saw was all right they're, they're doing this everyone else like they had a uh, tri vanguard gear and i saw the photos of the tri vanguard gear and i was like oh that's cute but uh jason coming out in natural Labs pants
0: uh, look for gate of nostalgia. They better give Naruki Doi a heads up on what unit he's in, because nobody likes to sling gear quite like Naruki Doi.
2: He keeps it. He very rarely sale- sells the gear. He only like sold a couple oh, pairs. Oh, recently. you're right.
0: I'm th- Gamma's the one. Gamma is the man that he'd go. I, he'd go from the venue straight to the <laughs> store. Uh, yeah. and sell off his exactly. body. Exactly.
2: <laughs> exactly. <Yeah.
0: laughs> um yeah so you know it's a fun show it's uh nothing is essential if you're feeling pressed if you're if you're behind on the wrestling world and you're a, a big Dragon Gate fan don't feel like you need to carve out time for prime zone but i i think the file's like an hour and 15 and it's mostly promos you know again the main event's sort of the only match that got any sort of substantial time so i'm glad it's back i look forward to seeing what happens but it is it is bonus content for hardcore fans
2: yeah it's true sicko hours uh, my favorite storyline from original prime zone was right after yamato got his chefs his chef certificate and he started the dragon deli which case we're still using that as a talk show idea if, if we ever get to that point but uh and at that time Monday Ryu just turned heel and was obsessed with salt attacks and he was ruining uh yamato's meals with uh, a lot of salt and then yamato started a fight with him over
0: it yeah, it's called storytelling
2: Yeah, (laughs) it's called story. This is what
0: Tony Khan needs to learn about. More of that. (laughs) And and it's something that Cody can
2: learn to, like, you know, finish it.
0: (laughs) Ah, well done. All right. Let's let's talk uh, Gated Bayside, Mike.
2: uh, Gated Bayside comes to us from Yokohama Budokan this Saturday, January 27th. It is a three o'clock local time JST start. That's 1 a.m. East Coast, 10 p.m. on the West Coast, 6 p.m. Greenwich Mean Time and just getting right into it as we start it is a i'm looking at it, oh gosh i'm looking at how jay has it set up on the facebook and he left off the triangle gate match but it is a 9 match show
0: i believe guys looking yeah, at it. the gaiora website lists 8 matches all right so let's start, start with the main event let's start with monte on skywalker and, Sky yeah, and, yeah, and we'll, yeah. we'll figure out our way from there
2: yeah i'm going to uh, just go pull up the gaiora website thing cuz it's missing out on the triangle gate match.
0: While you're doing that, I reached out to somebody who I don't know if they're going to the show or if I just told them to look at the ticket sales for me. So uh, tickets for the show seem to be moving okay. So there's there's five different categories of seat you can buy. There is special reserve seating. There is reserve seating. There is first floor reserve seating, second floor reserve seating, a and second floor reserve seating B. So second floor reserve seating A. Those tickets are all sold out. And first floor reserved seat. There are only a few left. So you are looking at basically the premium of premium seats. Those are still available. And then the the last tier of the reserve seats. Those are also still available. But uh, for you know, not even having a walk up factored in, uh, the person that I talked to was pretty bullish on the attendance for the show
2: yeah and it's something it is nice to see with the 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 fact that they've really based this around okay yokohama we've not really done the big yokohama show and it's something that is very appropriate it, it was something that the facebook the dragon gate english facebook uh page did not have the fact that ultimo was not on the
0: yeah he took a booking in mexico
2: i mean allegedly man <laughs> allegedly so so looking at the show uh a case before uh we we go down it uh the official card still has kaito nagano on it right
0: yeah uh yeah so that was announced this morning nagano's out genki horiguchi is in
2: okay so that has not been updated so let's just i i guess uh getting through the lighter side of the card starting off and the opener uh d courage madoka kakuda dragon Daya and rio yatsunaka versus don fuji genki horiguchi and daiki Yanaguchi.
0: this is a cursed match because they try to do something similar at Final Gate and daiki was pulled and now they try to do something here at bayside and Nagano was pulled and again i'm a little i'm a little worried about his health right now it doesn't seem like he's improving in the way that the company was hoping for so uh, just something to keep an eye on
2: yeah uh did we touch on uh kite uh kaito's role at, uh, at uh, prime zone
0: no we did not we did not talk about him and uh was caught not kato who's the other one so uh oh minorita part-
2: Yes, part of Prime Zone always is that they have to have a backstage interviewer, and this started because Katoka uh, was a, a shoot interviewer reporter for a local TV news station. Like when he was part time wrestling, he was his real job was a TV reporter, and they incorporated that into it. But now the most recent version of it, the uh, reporter role was held by uh, uh, was held originally by uh, uh, Kodama Nora. Now it is uh the the names announced is mino rita who is the backstage reporter and john kaito kaito nagano who is our ringside reporter uh Minarita has noted like hey guys i know that i'm uh looking a little big right now he he, he did a tweet about that case
0: okay yeah we we, we were body shaming Minorita privately we weren't we weren't <laughs> sure if he got plastic surgery on his face or why he was so puffy but Minorita. Uh, no longer the boy we once knew he uh he has aged in the face
2: yeah but you know he has time it's good to see him back it, it was good to see him back but yeah this opener cursed match uh it, it i i do really think though that there is something with daiki and i think that daiki ta- teaming with don fuji is very funny to me and yeah, i'm very absolutely- much for that
0: no, it should uh, be. It should be a great opener. I'm looking forward to it.
2: Mm-hmm. Match two. This is the UT versus Johnny Valletta singles match where we're all just going to hope we get through this match about a message about him getting in.
0: That's the hope because this can go horribly wrong and it's not not even anything to do with Valletta. It's just, uh, oh, yeah. you know, it's, it's UT in a singles match. You never know.
2: You never know. And uh, after that, we have the Mochizuki Jr. Comeback eight man tag team match m three K reuniting. For one of their final nights, Masaki Mochizuki, Susumu Mochizuki, Yazushi Kanda, and Mochizuki Junior, they are going up against uh, Gold Class's BB uh, Hulk, and then the unaffiliated group of Takashi Yoshida, Dragon Kid, and Punch Tomonaga.
0: That's a squad right there. You know, I, I don't, <laughs> I don't know what to make of this match because they're making a big deal out of Junior being back, but it would also. It would seem very odd if Junior was gonna pick up wins before he left for Europe. So I think you have to approach this from the idea that as long as BB Hulk isn't pinning Junior, which I just think would be a waste of time. I think we're looking at, you know, what's not gonna be a great match just based off the non-M3K guys. But a match that should be pretty fun. It'll be nice to see M3K back. I would just hope that it's, you know, either, you know, Father Mochizuki or Susumu or Kanda that are picking up the win here.
2: Yeah, because unless Mochizuki Jr. is pinning Hulk, like he's not going to pin Dragon Kid. Like Hulk would be the win there. I just don't see that making a whole lot of sense, that, as you're saying. Match four, we have a team, Muscle, Koda Minora, Binke of Gold Class versus Yamato and Suji Kondo.
0: Good stuff. I'm looking forward to this.
2: Yeah, I, I like Gold Class. I've really started to like it just because they're tremendous idiots. And I do thoroughly beat uh uh believe in them. Uh since we did not talk about Benkei a lot on this episode, Ben K is the lead- latest person announced to do British Kingdom Pro Wrestling where it seems like that this is the the faded family wrestling that Dragon Gate is doing in the UK. Uh Shun's making people cry, but case I would put money down on this. Benke will end up being the most popular guy that gets sent over there. Like he's gonna be killer with kids.
0: Absolutely. No, I mean there you know if you don't know Ben Kay and you see this guy walk out with a gold chain sunglasses and a banana, like, all right, you got my attention. I'd like to see what this is. Not to mention the fact that beyond that, there's still layers and layers of charisma there. And he is who he is as a wrestler. So I'm happy for Ben. I, you know, I'm so down on the U S indies in a different way than I was three or four years ago. You know, like when GCW was really hot, it sucked and it was, it was actively bad. Now it's just, it's a, i i have no feeling it's just a net neutral you know none of it really matters and i'm glad that dragon gate has seemed to warm up to the uk side of things not that the uk scene right now is anything special but i do weirdly see dragon gate possibly faring better there than in america
2: and i think it's something so like big picture thinking about uh junior going over there being based out of british kingdom pro wrestling uh it is something where I think that in a lot of ways, there's a more commonality with, from what my understanding of the shows being put on by British kingdom pro wrestling, there's a lot more of a commonality with that than like uh, progress, you know, with dragon gate. Like, yeah, it, yeah.
0: no, I mean the, the real question is whether or not they'll work rev pro because mm-hmm. I don't, it, I, it doesn't seem like the type of thing that new Japan would really care about. And if they work rev pro, that's a real crowd with people that actually watch those shows and those shows can make a difference. And I think that would be great for whether it's junior who's most likely or Ben or whoever, you know, that'd be, that'd be nice to say.
2: And junior gets, we already know he has a Germany booking. So that's the other advantage about working UK. It's easier to go have, go do other wrestling scenes. than if you're based in the United States, it, it, it's one of those things that it could be an issue trying to get to work in toronto if you're based in the united states or if you're trying to work in mexico you know, like like we've we've heard the stories like with that kind of thing it makes sense to base them out of the uk absolutely as we move on to the championship portions of the show match five hyo defending the open the brave gate against Kagatora. Kagatora being booked pretty strong and the uh build up on the uh, kobe sambo hall shows Kagatora won the Royal Sambo on night one, and then won the uh, match with uh, Big Hug, got the uh, uh, reverse the Samson driver in what I thought was a really fun match teaming with uh, Naruki Doi against Big Hug there. Uh, Hio, uh any any chance in your mind that Hio loses this?
0: Oh, I hope not. I mean, I, I think that would be such a waste because I think they have a really special opportunity with Hio here. I was looking back at... You know, basically the last five years of Bravegate champions, because lately, and I I don't know, I don't know when this started. Maybe it's just been for the past year and a half or two years. It feels like we're in this constant state of Bravegate rehab. I think every champion has the same message that they're gonna restore the value of the Bravegate title. And so I tried to go back in time and figure out when exactly that started. And I I think it starts with the the dragon Reign right after he got unmasked, basically the start of D courage in 2022, because, you know, Daya was so hot at that time. He was so, he, he had so much momentum. He feels like the last real big star to hold this title, uh, not counting KZ because KZ's reign was so short and impromptu and, and just weird. But I don't know if Daya fully stuck the landing on that brave gate run. You know, he was double champion. He wrestled twice on that dead or alive show, a lot of that reign was actually built around him wrestling Hyo. It's where he lost the belt at uh, Kobe world that year. And it just didn't, it didn't seem to have any impact. It didn't help dragon Dia going forward. And so I think the blueprint you have to have if you're Hyo in this run is oddly enough. And, you know, you hope that it doesn't end like this, but you hope that the, the spirit of the run is similar to that of, of when SB Kento was Bravegate champion because Kento was a burgeoning star felt like he had momentum. His matches felt like a big deal. He had the, the thing with Okuda and Osaka. He had the two Kamei matches. He had the UT match. He had the Problem Dragon match and Problem Dragon's hometown. All of those matches felt like individual specific big deals. And I think it raised Kento's profile. Show, I think is more over and has more momentum than Kento did at that time. But now he has to follow that blueprint. The question I ask you, Mike, because you're the biggest Yo fan on the planet. What is Hyo's signature match? What is the one that you can point to and go, this is the best work of his career?
2: I mean, there's always 12-1 2016, which is not a really a fair one. Now that we really get to it, he doesn't, it might be the Bamashiri brothers collide. Like, that might be his current... Was uh, oh, that
0: the, the the Kobe world match?
2: Yeah. yeah. Yeah, you like
0: that way more than I did. Yeah,
2: I, I, I do. I, I, I do. Uh, There was there, there was a thought that came over me during the kobe Sambo matches case. Do we think that there's any way that the company would be able to get Naruki Doi to job for the belt? Because I feel like that needs to happen after last week.
0: You know it's funny you say that that's not that, that's not where i was going with it i i had a whole i was looking at the Bravegate champions you know the last mm-hmm. time doi was Bravegate champion was 2009 right yeah 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 and that was the double the double run yeah i in my head he has like another reign or two but it's really i i let me let me find out real quick the last time that he would have wrestled for the Brave Gate belt, I just I I think there's there's logistical issues it, it, there. So it, yeah, it, 2013 it, it, it is, is, is the last time it, he wrestled for the Brave Gate belt.
2: So 2013, where like at that time, with not a logistical thing. I just think that that is the match that if you really want to slifyio, yo, you do that match. You say like, all right, Doy, I know that you're not you, you're freelance. You're under an agreement here we need you to do the job here i think that that would do a that would be the thing that would really set hio and the brave gate apart
0: would you rather if you're dragon gate and i'll i even i, I don't know if monte is going to retain but i'm going to use skywalker as the example would you rather cash in your ships on skywalker versus doi for the dream gate or hio versus Doi for the brave gate
2: uh my biases being well known i go hyo because i don't think skywalker gets anything out of beating doi at this point
0: okay interesting
2: i think we are so far beyond doi being a figure in that respect in this promotion like all of us and the hardcores would be like hell yeah we're getting naruki doi versus shun skywalker at uh a champion gate or a nostalgia gate whatever but i think that what does shun get after making that defense other than hey he beat one of the big six but it's the one that's not a roster member so whereas if a hyo beats uh naruki doi then wow you've just beat the first ever open the brave gate champion the first ever double champion I think that's a major chip that matters a lot to Hyo that does not really figure into Shun. Shun's already made in that regard; he's past that level
0: for sure. I mean, look, whatever it is, he he needs to find his signature match in this Brave Gate run, and I and, you know it's it sucks for him in the same way that it sucks for Kame that that Kento has gone out and has left the promotion because you know I I think you had two different sort of generational things lining up there, and now you can see neither of those to fruition. is not going to wrestle for the Brave Gate Belt. Skywalker's not going to wrestle for the Brave Gate Belt. is not going to wrestle for the Brave Gate Belt. Hyo's the smallest guy of his generation. He doesn't have that generational rival to turn to. He weirdly doesn't have great chemistry with Dragon Daya, so that's not the answer. So Hyo needs to find that guy, and it, it might be Kagatora because you know, I, I thought they did great in Kobe as well, just like you did. Uh, whatever it is, we need we need that match that, you know, can be pimped out to the lap strand gate fan and go, hey, you know, he's he's the most over guy in the promotion and this and we don't really have the and this in terms of his legacy and his lineage in the promotion. So yeah. I'm very, very curious to see if he can do that with this Bravegate run. I think in and, and all, all respect due to Kagatora, who was just non-existent last year, January of 2024, <laughs> he's turned it on. Good for him it would be it would be a colossal waste of time and energy and effort to strap him up here uh,
2: if hyo wins this match he moves solely into sixth place in, amongst Bravegate total defenses really uh, yeah take a guess who are the two people he surpasses he'll be tied he's tied at six with two other people
0: uh ginky horiguchi ginky
2: horiguchi has eight defenses he is fifth on the
0: I, I'm, I'm just, I'm hung up on whether or not Mori ever held the Brave Gate belt.
2: He did only for a day, then he, uh, completely, and then he, uh, returned it.
0: Oh, okay. Uh, uh maybe, maybe Tozawa, I don't know. Give me the answers.
2: Tozawa is one of them. Tozawa is one of them. The other one's Naoki Tanazaki.
0: I miss him. I would like, I would like to, I would like, to, I would like to see Hio versus Naoki Tanazaki.
2: I mean, there we go. Like, being in that level already of Brave Gate champions, that, that is the Brave Gate I remember, guys. No, that's that's uh,
0: my Bravegate Championship division. I apologize. I don't know if I said this on the air or not. I don't remember if I said this to Mike after we were done recording or if I said this on the air. But I had somebody drop me a note recently that Dove Pro did Tanazaki versus Akuda, and they built it as Bravegate champion versus Bravegate Champion. And then Akuda was never brought back to Dove Pro. And they they really highlighted that as just the fall of Kaisuke Okuda. He can't even get bookings there anymore.
2: <laughs> I, I saw someone bringing up like a Nokia IGF is like, hey, Okuda's around. He did it. And I'm like, I don't think that uh, I don't think that Katsuniko and Nakajima will be making a positive step forward for that group bringing in Okuda as his backup. Like no one's going to
0: care. I, you <laughs> know what? Just for the sake of they're both assholes. I would love to see Nakajima versus Okuda because that would end very poorly for for Okuda
2: i mean gosh
0: and man. that's not me saying i want to see him get kicked in the face it's just N- nakajima you know he's just on a different level of being an, a- an asshole and a different level of politicking than akuda is yeah it, it, it is something you just kind of
2: stand back case and you know what i say what a worker yeah oh my god one of the best i don't blame him the, like everything that's going on with this i'm like yeah no no no! hey the, the, that's the kind of heel you want to be makes sense to me not great for the company but go ahead <laughs> drives <laughs> driving everyone out of all japan that works yeah man go ahead very much uh, so for the twin gate title speaking about outsiders we have from pro wrestling nota the open the twin gate champions kaito Mia, galaxy view and alejandro defending against the kung fu masters jason lee and jackie funky
0: I'm really excited for this. You know, I, I thought Kiyomiya put forward one of the single best matches of his career uh, at Final Gate. Now, granted, as I said then, I've never really been a Kiyomiya guy. That that goes back to him being a young boy. Uh, but I thought he and Alejandro fitting great, and it's Kame and Jason Lee. So I'm super super excited for this.
2: Yeah, I think it is something where there's no one in this company who when you put on the big stage and you say go for it that puts in performance like jackie funk kame and now you are putting him in the ring with kaito kiyomiya one of the biggest stars in japan i guess technically <laughs> I, I, mean, look, I, I guess in theory in theory uh alleged alleged but it is something where this is kind of like Whereas we want to see the performance for Hio really just kind of setting himself apart. I feel like this is, you take the uh, restrictor play it off and you, l- let's just go to town boys and let's see what we can
0: get out of there. I have a question for you that I don't, I don't mean this in a baity troll way. I promise. Okay. I, I, it's, yeah. just, it, it's just, it's a, just a, a reflection of how we think of Kame and Jason Lee as we watch every match of theirs that makes tape. And, you know, I think the people that are tuned in and have a clue were, you know, very, very high on Jason Lee for a number of years. And last year specifically really latched on to as being one of the, the uh, best wrestlers in the world. How many wrestlers has Kiyomiya been in the ring with that are better than Kamei or Peak Jason? Uh,
2: man, Cause I
0: started going down. I the know no- this isn't
2: a debate question, but boy, I'm like, uh, uh, well, it's okay. like, I started
0: going down the Noah roster and it's like, all right, you know, Shiozaki. Yes. Nakajima. Mm-hmm. Yes. Kano. It, give or take, you know, I, I, I love Kano. I, I think he's about on the level of a Kamei or a Jason Lee, you know, Takashi Segura when he's on. Yes. Okada. Yes. Tanahashi. Yes. Gene blaster. Yes. But once you get past that, you know, you're, you're looking at the core Noah roster or you're looking at Muto and it's just, I don't think Kiyomi has been in the ring with people this talented for most of his career. And I think that
2: that is something where you look at the, the state of this company and it's no fault of his own. Like he can't control the fact that this is the pro wrestling Noah that he loved. And this is what it ended up being when he got in there. Like you can't blame the guy for that. Like he, he, he doesn't have any control on when he was born but it it is something though that i mean he sadly like started wrestling pro wrestling noah at the end of 2015 right before things got really squirrely or while things got really squirrely for the company so it it makes it difficult to see like a lot of people gone in and out of that promotion like i'm right now looking just for grins at uh his 2016 matches uh rapid from uh pro wrestling Making appearances and beating Kaito Kiyomiya at at one point of his career.
0: Like, Again, you know, I he's just he, he's been saddled with top of the line Noah talent. Which if it's Shiozaki, it's great, but if it's Maybach Taniguchi, or if it's even like Masaki it's like all right. Well, you know the the core Dragon Gate guys are just they're just objectively better than that. And that's no, that's no hate. I love Kiyomi, Kiyomiya. I think he's great, but I I think we're we're entering a really interesting point uh uh, depending on how long kiyomiya decides to stay in dragon gate because i would assume and you could tell me if you think otherwise but i would assume they're winning this and holding them until they can drop the belts to d courage and yoshioka specifically i don't know when he's going to come back you know i'd like to see them play around with this roster a little bit because if this match hits i think it could hit in a really big way yeah
2: and it it is the thing that i don't think that yoshioka is going to be out too much longer like that that, like that's the shame about the kind of injury he has like other than his eye everything about yuki yoshioka is perfectly fine right now it's just waiting for everything with the detached retina to heal up with that so given how dragon gates springs are and how sleepy frankly the promotion usually is up until may 5th each year why not have him play around and then you get to Nagoya, and you drop the belt back to decourge there because i don't think you if i don't think that we're in a world where we're going to have a seal cage survival match at uh dead or alive but i do think we are you you could really do a strong main event semi-main event by having kaito kiyomiya there uh, against decourge
0: and on the flip side of that, you know, we mentioned Kiyomiya, but think about Alejandro, a guy who very clearly likes working in Dragon Gate, fits the style. If if you didn't know any better, you would think he's like a homegrown guy. And he spent his career in Wrestle 1 in the Noah Jr.'s division. Now he's on a big stage with Jason Lee and Jackie Funky Kamei. This is a home run for him. You know, I, I'm sure he's elated to be in this match.
2: Yeah, and it's something that I feel like more so than a lot of the Noah participation, that Alejandro, like you, like as you said, like he loves Dragon Gate. Like it, it is something where, if cards were if if the cards were played a little differently, at one point he might have been a Dragon Gate wrestler, and you could very easily see that with him. Yeah, uh, so
0: I, I'm i pumped for this. You know, I really like the final gate match. I really like Kiyomiya specifically in that match. And although I don't see a title change here, I mean, this is one we could come back here next Tuesday and talk about how this was the match of the night, and it wouldn't surprise it wouldn't surprise me at all.
2: No, no, this is the one where if you were going to have to pick one out of the eight matches and say this is your work rate match of the night, you would pick the Twin Gate match. I feel like that that is the easy kind of picking there. But we have the Battle of Yokohama and the semi-main event for the Open the Triangle Gate Championships, Zebrats, Kai Isha, and Yoshiki Kato defend against KZ Big Boss Shimizu and Strong Machine J. And Kai is threatening he has a surprise for uh, Natural Vibes and Base.
0: Can you figure out what this is? Because I'm I'm a little bit at a loss here. I had I had a really out there prediction because I thought a certain wrestler was from Yokohama, but they're not. So I'm, I'm a little, I'll give my thoughts in just a second, but I'm kind of curious as to where you are on this.
2: I, unless like you're doing the, uh, the big bait and switch about Jack and Jack is turning heel right after that match and joining Zebrats. I don't know. And God, I, don't, I, I don't,
0: I don't think it's that. I mean, yeah. maybe that would be, yeah, but,
2: but, but like I, I'm that, that's clearly me grasping at straws. Like, I don't
0: know. That's interesting. I hadn't thought about that it's
2: just like that's the only thing that can come to mind hmm
0: i in my head onita was from yokohama and i was like oh, i wonder if kai brings out onita and they do like a no dq thing and then i realized that he wasn't from there so i was like never mind and yeah. then I, I i felt like the most prominent wrestler of note from that area is to Jerry. and i was like well I, I you know in my head it's like they're gonna do something yokohama related because they've built this up as the battle of yokohama God, I hope Tajiri doesn't come out with Zebrats. That would really suck. I don't think
2: that uh I mean, Tajiri's based in Kyushu now. Like, I don't I yeah, I I don't know. I have no idea what, what's going to happen here. No, I, it it was Kai. it was so
0: it was so vague and I just I have no idea what this is leading to. I mean, I would I would think it becomes a weapons match of some sort just because right. Kai's involved, but I I don't I don't I don't know. I I'm curious to see what this is. Uh, do you have a preference on, on who you would like to see leave with the title?
2: I, at this point, no, to be honest. Like, I think that Z like you at least have a purpose for Kai's remaining heel at this point. If he's triangle gate champion, I don't think he has a purpose being in this group at much longer. If he's not a champion or figuring his way into things. So I'm leaning Z for that. And it's, I just get like this overwhelming feeling that there's going to finally be a turn in natural vibe soon. And I wonder if it's going to be this match doing it.
0: Yeah, I, you know, this is, this is a greater point to make here, but I really, I'm really struggling with the idea of breaking up Zebrats right now because there's still so much change in this promotion and guys coming and going, you know, mainly due to injury. You know, it feels like, you know, one month is drastically different than the next, but zebrats is this through line because they've largely remained very healthy, and they've just been around in this era of 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 natural vibes. I think I said zebras just a second ago, but you know Zebra's or I'm sorry, natural vibes has been so healthy for the most part, and they're just so familiar, and people hate change and I think I would hate any change in natural vibes i I, I don't know what to do about it because they are so familiar and so comforting even if they are arguably holding back Jack and Jason and, and strong machine J to some degree, and maybe even Casey, you know, I, I don't know. I don't know what they're going to do with them. I do know that giving the triangle gate belts back to natural vibes here would accomplish nothing. I, I don't see the point in that. I think you need the Zebrats run to go on a little bit longer, not for the sake of Kai, but let Kato just let him cook with this belt. Let him have this belt. Let him be the one picking up the pinfalls. Use this as a confidence builder and a resume builder for Yoshiki Kato. And when they drop the belts, they drop the belts. But now is not the time.
2: Yeah, no, I totally co-sign that with you. And that leaves us with the uh, Open the Dream Gate Championship match, the main event for the first ever Gate of Bayside show. It's Luis Monte making his first defense of the Open the Dream Gate champion against the man who made this all really happen. If we want to think about it that way, Shun Skywalker.
0: I feel very strongly, very, very strongly that Shun Skywalker needs to win this match. And doing so would put Luis Monte in rarefied air. It would have him join uh, Rio Saito in 2006, Shingo Takagi in 2013, and Jimmy Susumu, Susumi Yokosuka, Susumu Mochizuki in 2016 as being Dreamgate champions without a successful defense. But I maintain. I said it in the preview. I said it in the review. Uh, of final gate. I think having Monte win the belt at final gate in a three way match was a colossal mistake. Not that he doesn't deserve the belt. Not that he shouldn't be Dreamgate champion. He should not have won the title in that three way match because you could only have him win the Dreamgate belt for the first time one time, and they've done that. And by no means has he, you know, failed as a champion. He hasn't really had a chance to prove himself. As a champion, but I think even a month removed it is just such a silly decision. And they should have had Skywalker with the belt. Mike, think about the way we would be discussing this match and the possibilities of it in the intrigue of it if it was Skywalker coming in as the champion wrestling Monte. Because then we could have the entire discussion about whether or not this is the time for Monte to win the belt, or whether it should be at Dead or Alive or at Kobe World or whatever but they just gave it to us in this lame duck three-way that bombed at the gate. And it just, it all feels so silly. And it's not one of those things that is going to send the company in a negative direction. I just think they missed out on a, on a great potential growth moment. You know, they they don't benefit from Monte becoming champion at all because of the way they set it up. And we can talk about it in just a second. Once you give your opening thoughts, but I'm kind of of the belief that Skywalker is just a way more interesting champion too. Yeah.
2: Like the frustrating thing about this case is you've basically laid out the point I made back in December, (laughs) like, like, and this was the big issue about that three-way match was you had such a runway. You had so many different stops you could make. You had the chase. Essentially. You had this long, possible storyline leading up to the year after uh getting turned on in the main event of kobe world he could have won the dream gate had the ultimate crowning moment and instead we had his big rival getting dq'd intentionally because knowing that he can get the match later because Luis was going to want to still face him because Luis monte is a valiant babyface he's still going to want to get his hands on that respectable shun skywalker and then it's just not really telling the story in the way that I think works out for for anyone, any party involved here. I think that it's something where I, the easy thing is for them to put the belt back onto Shun and just hit reset. But I don't know if you're able to reset it now. You've already, you, you've already, as you said, Casey, you've already done that big tri- that big Dreamgate title match. And you've kind of left yourself into a situation that does Louis Monte take so much damage being a zero key champion? Potentially, that is a option we have to entertain because I don't know necessarily like Louis Monte penning Shun Skywalker. That is that that finishes the story. That finishes everything with it. What do you then? It is restarting who restarting who's going to be the next challenger for him. It's not like anyone has been really built up in the offing. Whereas last year we're like, okay, we know it's going to be Kakuta. Kakuta is coming. Kakuda's coming. It's not like we have that. It's not like we have Shimizu coming. It, it, we're just left in like this big open question. I feel like.
0: If you were going to have Monte retain and assume that his next defenses at champion gate in Osaka, I mean, who, who would, who even comes to mind? You know, who do you want to see there?
2: I don't really know. Like, you don't want to, like, if Yoshioka is back, you're not going to burn a Yoshioka match with that. You, you're, you've already really solidified him, but you're not going to, I don't think you're going to go back to Kai for a, a title match there. It, it, there's just no one built up at this point. So you're going on people that have past records or you can like justify real quickly. And I think that's like Yamato, uh, Yoshioka, Benkei, uh, Shimizu now, and uh, Kai.
0: Yeah. You know, it's funny you say Yoshioka because that, that is actually, that's the match to do in Osaka because you have the King of Gate match there from two years ago. That was
2: incredible.
0: And we talked at this time last year, you know, had Yoshioka retained in January, about well you know they should do diamante versus yoshioka for the belt at champion gate that's the match to do but if yoshioka comes back you have to get the twin gate belts on him so you can't you can't even do that you know you're just you're in a rock and a hard place there and to your point about the reset i actually think you can you know skywalker should win this match for a few different reasons one we we've had this these great conversations over the last few weeks about where's the fire in japan you know why are these guys not going out there and grabbing every show every match every moment by the throat in skywalker has that new japan era kenny omega type deal where you know omega would wear the the crazy pants when he wasn't working hard the blue the blue and pink pants and then when he you know when he was going to be kenny omega he would wear real gear basically skywalker more or less has that there's effort Skywalker and there's not but even the not is still so much better than the average wrestler and then when he's on he's the best wrestler in the promotion he's the most charismatic he's the most interesting in the promotion and he's one of the best wrestlers in the world and he's starting to vary slowly and I don't think this is anything significant significant but he is developing somewhat of a global reach, a global portfolio. You put the belt back on him for that reason, but you also put the belt back on him to get Monte a real unit. Get member three, get member four, get member five and big hug. Let them figure it out. And let's not have Monte fall into the same trap that Ben K did where he won in 2019 because the build, you and I talked about it more than anybody else on the planet, the build to Ben winning the belt was perfect. And then he won the belt, and we went, hmm, who was defense one going to be against? And then, you know, it happened, and then we got, all right, I wonder what he's got going next month. There was no real flow to it, and he wasn't in a unit. It was just this this uneasy alliance with Shun Skywalker. And Big Hug, as Brandon and Big Hug, matters far more than Ben and Shun did as a tag team, but it was still two guys. And Yoshioka was in that that boat as well, and it, it just... Don't do not do this to your champion. Let your Dreamgate champion be in a big powerhouse unit. Shun has that built in right now. Monte does not. If you give it a few months, Monte can be in that same position, and I bet he'll be better off for it. You can totally reset here. You're right. It's awkward. I don't know if it's admitting defeat as much as it is making a smart decision. You know what? If you have to admit defeat and not let your ego get in the way of things to make a better long-term, Admit defeat. I have no problem with that. I hope that's the direction they go. I love Monte. I have zero reservations about him as a future top guy. I just don't think this time, meaning January, February, March of 2024, is that time. May, June, July, let's have that conversation. I think it's that close, but I don't think it's here yet.
2: And uh, to piggyback off your point, because I think we both— are of the same of a like mind here, same opinion. Like the best decision here is Shun taking the championship, becoming three time open the Dream Gate champion. You could do it in a way where Monte is not ruined, is not taking that big step back. I mean, you've shown just so much of Z Brats over the last month. Will it be satisfying? No, but will but will Monte be hurt by Shun? cheating his way or getting the belt from nefarious means no i would say that that then provides the fire to build him back up he's going to get his group of guys together case as you're saying that he's going to take it to zebrats they're going to get take everything from them and then you build him up from there like going after him and going after shun skywalker in such a way that you have him just completely dismantle zebrats and shun skywalker getting back the title and becoming two-time champion like there's ways to do this and getting out of this that as you're saying it puts you in a situation where you don't necessarily kick the can down the road but you build up a better supporting cast and you and you set the scene and you let things breathe and play out you have a, a scenario here where the schedule is not completely back to normal but we do have a memorial gate that just Hand wave Memorial Gate. Memorial Gate is the fourth case, by the way. Memorial Jesus Gate. Christ. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hand wave Memorial Gate. That doesn't matter. But you can do what you can. Then after Memorial Gate, you got Champion Gate, Nostalgia Gate at the end of February and into March. You got Dead or Alive, and hopefully they switch back so uh, King of Gate is right there, and I think you can build it from there. I think that you can make a stronger Luis Monte and a stronger big hug and a stronger dragon gate by finding some way that you can get the belt off of him and onto shooting Skywalker that does not insult the fan base. If you do that, I think everyone's going to be okay for the bigger fight and then looking ahead to the summer.
0: I think my last point on this is look, if you're worried about hurting Monte, whether it's his, his aura or his presence or his reputation, by having him lose here, I think a lame duck long-term Dreamgate reign is far more detrimental. Yeah, Again, this was one month zero defenses. You can get past this. This is no big deal. I'm just, I'm really struggling to see the vision when the the title win felt so off. I'm struggling to see how this turns around. I I just, I'm not, I'm not seeing it. I am not getting it. I would much rather them just push the restart button. Again, we're talking circle back to this in the summer. That's when I think he'll be ready. Now is not the time, though.
2: No, I am with you on that. And do you think, just since I threw it out there, do you think it hurts Monte by losing the belt by nefarious mains here? Because I don't know if that's the
0: case. It doesn't hurt Monte. It might it might upset the fan base, but it doesn't hurt Monte specifically. No, I mean, look, I, I, you know, I am all for an emphatic heel, clean victory. I I would love it. If Shun just pinned him in the middle of the ring, that wouldn't bother me at all. I don't think that's what they'll do. I think there'll be some sort of interference if Shun wins or, you know, probably even if Shun loses, but no, I don't. I, I I worry more about the fans than Monte specifically on that.
2: That's fair. That's a fair point. And that, is Gate of Bayside Dragon Gate's debut show at Yokohama Budokan? Again, it is this Saturday at 3 a.m. or 3 p.m. local time, 1 a.m. on the East Coast, 10 p.m. on the West Coast. Case, uh, you mentioned it up top. FSM 50 uh, came out last week. Uh, big thoughts it, it, your big takeaways on the Lissa interesting list that, that y'all put together this year. Shun Skywalker, I would probably put him higher than 43, but that's
0: well, you yeah, there's <laughs> there's <laughs> negotiations. There's there's great political disinterest in ranking any Dragon Gate wrestlers at this point. So the fact that there's any on them is a is a big win. Um I'll make this quick cuz I know we're we're over on time here. Uh but you know, Dragon Gate specifically, the top 50 this year, the people that were ranked included Madoka Kakuta, Big Boss Shimizu, and Shun Skywalker in the top 50. If you're going to take a snapshot of the year, look, I think it's very silly not to have Kamei on the list. That's probably my big gripe for the top 50. Uh, Kamei and Yuki Yoshioka, who, again, I just thought was brilliant, but uh, political factors making it very hard to rank Yuki Oshioka on any, on any wrestling list right now, uh, at least with the people involved in SFM 50, but Skywalker was at 43 Shimizu at 28 and Kakuta at 14.
2: Yep. And that is up at voicesofwrestling.com And case i think we are on our overtime do you have anything else you want to touch on before we got out of here
0: i i do not we'll be back uh i, I should have that gate of bayside review up monday at voiceswrestling.com and tuesday we'll be uh bringing two podcasts to you next week so look forward to that
2: yep absolutely and we will be back then to talk about gate of bayside and something really special for y'all a part of dragon gate 25 and rewind and rewatch but i'll be with y'all next week but we will be back then, talking Gate of Bayside, and a whole lot more. Have a good week, everyone. Take care.
0: Hola, hola. My name is Ricardo. I am the host of the Lucha Jovers podcast here in the Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network. We are a Spanish-speaking show dedicated to discussing and analyzing pro wrestling from all across the world, from AW to CMLL. We talk about American wrestling, Japanese wrestling, and, of course, Lucha Libre. If something big happened in the pro wrestling world, we will talk about it. So if you know Spanish or have a friend that knows Spanish or want to practice your Lucha Libre pronunciations, go listen to the Lucha Yovers podcast right here in the Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network. Nos vemos por ahí.